All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lorcana cast. This is a very special episode we're doing, and I'm joined here with Jason. How are you doing tonight, man? Doing good, buddy. I hope uh, all the listeners are doing well as well. Yeah, so we're going to have some fun because Jason and myself have been playing a lot of games internally and trying out all these cards that have been revealed and looking at lines of play and combos and deck colors and archetypes. And we've noticed over a couple days here on social media, a lot of people have been asking questions. So we're just going to talk about our experience. We're not necessarily going to answer specific questions. We're not necessarily going to be talking with any kind of authority because there's only 60-ish cards available and all of the things we say can absolutely change with another 5 to 10 cards coming out. But there is a lot of takeaway with the games that we've played, kind of talking and chatting and having fun. It's a lot more laid back. It's a lot less planned out because we're just kind of essentially giving hot takes on the games that we've played. So Jason, I would love to hear your thoughts on what you have seen, what you've enjoyed, and what your takeaway is so far with Lorcana. Yeah, so now that we have the rules, I'll say that I think the game... Like I said in our prior episode, um, if you want to hear the whole team talk about that, you know, you can check out that episode. But I think the game plays very well. Um, I will say I think there's a couple things that in Suki, you and I have talked about this uh, behind the scenes. But now that we can talk to the listeners about it, I think learning when to I'm going to say craft and ink for lack of a better term and knowing you can say charge because that's a dvs fine. term sure and i'm gonna say play a land because i'm i'm a i'm a magic player okay like I'm, sure i'm sure. screwed you're we're both screwed i know so so yeah like sugi said in my game of choice which is dragon ball super we call it charging and energy we have a charge phase where we pick a card from our hand place it in our, our energy and we charge the energy so learning when to charge an energy is and <laughs> playing learning when is the opportune time to summon a glimmer um quest challenge there's a lot of like nuances to this game that i think as we've said previously and ryan siva talked about this game is easy to learn this game and again we are going to re-emphasize with our limited card pool but this is again a game that is easy to learn it took me like i played one game i understood how to play it it's very difficult to master this game. And Suki, oh. have you have you have you found like everything that I've said so far to be true playing your games? Yeah, I actually so my my girlfriend who does not play any games at all, like period, is interested in this game, which I was kind of nervous about because trading card games are not traditionally easy to teach to players who have zero experience. Absolutely. And uh, this game, I could probably teach her in five minutes and she would be absolutely comfortable piloting it. Now, she might not understand the combo plays and the resource management and all that stuff. But if I were just to say, hey, here are the fundamental rules we can start playing. I'm very confident I could teach her in a matter of moments. And it's like, haven't seen a card game like that in a long time. Most games, it's going to be a couple of games to kind of get some of these fundamentals down and a couple more games to kind of understand the pacing. And if that person is brave enough to continue, they may or may not get the like understanding of the game. Lorcana is just fundamentally very, very simple. But in the long term, it's got a lot hiding underneath the hood for people like us who are extremely competitive or people who've been playing trading card games for a long time who are looking for something more than, you know, Yahtzee where, all right, let's roll dice and see who gets to 21st. Correct. Yeah. And I think something else that we've talked about, too, is I think. And again, we, we understand that this is a very limited card pool. So take what I'm about to say with 
a little bit of a grain of salt because we know that there's going to be more reveals and they could completely fix that. However, Throw some Tabasco I, on top because uh, exactly season, some, hot takes um, with seasoning. Nice and spicy. I think this game is lacking draw and tutoring extremely bad. And yep. you yep. you you can blow if you are not careful or an experienced player and even experienced players, um, because I found this the first few games I played and then the light bulb went off and it was like, oh, because of the lack of draw and tutoring and the learning when to charge that energy or summon my glimmer or go questing or challenge like you can blow through your hand so quickly because of that lack of draw and tutoring. And we, we've talked about tutoring before back in the early days of the show but i mean sugi do you agree with that there yeah yeah i i really do there's currently a very minimal way to draw there's zero ways to tutor and you're you're constantly using your hand to fuel your engine so cards can be ink cards can be items cards can be actions cards can be characters and the more you're playing them the less cards you have in your hand which means the less options you have and i could say pretty comfortably probably about 80 percent of the games i've played one if not both players run out of cards and then it becomes a top deck game where you're just praying to God that you top deck the card you need to win. Oh, and very much so. That's that's not really fun. Now, again, again, this is very salty because we have 60-ish cards out of 200 plus. So I'm going to assume this complaint of both of ours is going to change. But in the current state of the game, if nothing were to change, which, again, we both doubt, then uh, Lorcana can kind of accidentally peter out in... in uh, What's the word I'm looking for in freshness and turn yes, into, yes. please, dear God, let me draw Moana so I can win. Oh, right. I drew Pascal. Well, GG. Crap. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you get down to that, that top deck situation, it, it feels very hard of the cards. It feels very, I know I need, I need to top deck the, the perfect card at, at the right opportunity and you got to hope. And that that's that that's gonna happen. Now before we I've dive yelled into that in a game twice. One time it oh. worked. One time I drew B smear and I was like, I quit. Oh, I, I, I yeah. fold. <laughs> I was like, I need removal. And nope, I lose. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I've been I've been wondering why they printed that card, and then having this limited card pool, I understood why they printed that card. So. Yeah. So, but before we dive into any cool combos and like our thoughts on the color combinations, there's been another complaint from fellow Illumineers who have gone and done their own testing that I was curious about. And I've kind of noticed this myself. And given the state of the rules, how do you feel about the lack of counters and or interactions between you and your opponent in this game? Because at times, while there is immense strategy, especially with with questing, I, I, I find questing to be a very interesting aspect of the game. Um, but the lack of interaction encounters, especially, is I've I've seen this come up a bit on Twitter and Discord and from fellow Illumineers who have been trying to you know do exactly what we're doing. What are your thoughts on that before we really like talk about everything else? Yeah, this is actually my personal biggest problem, and that is a lack of interactivity and mostly a lack of removal. So I'm pretty much I'm encroaching on like 100 games right now, and I've probably got like 20, 30 hours logged. I have no life, haha. But um, 
all the games I've noticed, once somebody gets ahead, generally once they get past 15 lore, you've lost the game if you're not there or yes. you have removal. Yes. Because there aren't any, there's no stack in or there's no chain there's no mm. interactivity so Correct. if you're it's like pokemon your opponent does whatever they want and you just watch and then you do whatever you want and you watch uh, i do admit very openly that this is a problem due to the card pool so the only pieces of removal we have the hard spot removal are dragon fire and let it go we yes. have a card called fire the cannons which deals two damage to a character so it is a form of burn like a it's it's called coin a coin to burn spell from magic the gathering so it can burn characters that are two or less but it cannot hard remove anything with three or more unless you have multiple fire the cannons in your hand so Correct. it's not a reliable form of removal whereas let it go and dragon's fire just say Pick a target, blow them up. They're gone. They're not coming back. Doesn't matter what's going on. They're, they're toast. Yeah. So with that being said, if you're not playing a blue, red, or steel gray deck, you have zero ways to shut out your opponent if they snowball. Like there is no answer. Purple can't do it. Yellow can't do it. And uh, green can't do it. So the moment your opponent gets out of control or gets past you, if you don't have a way to kill their creatures quickly, you've lost the game. Absolutely. So, yeah. This leads to a boring game because the moment my opponent gets to 12 and I'm at zero, the game's over. I can't, I can't catch up. Actually, I've quit at games where they're at 10 and I'm at zero because it's like I I just don't have the gas. I don't have no, any no, way you to don't. stop you. You don't. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not, I found if you're not within, say, like three. Like, exactly. Exactly. I was, I was trying to think of a range, but yeah, I'd say like a three to five, like lore point, like disparity at, at this current point in time with the card pull, you have no chance at, at winning. Yeah, no. And, and so that is, it's tricky because I want people to very clearly understand this is a, a problem with a 60 card pool. This is probably not going to be a problem with a 200 card pool. But people are asking, what does the game feel like right now? Everyone's talking about it. Everyone's buzzing about it. It's a great game. Super fun. But the moment someone gets out by like plus six lore, you probably lost. I There's only been one game I came back from and I just drew multiple pieces of removal and I was nice. in blue. So I drew I drew let it go two times in a row, blew up their big the, their, their big bodies. So and then I was able to just they, we, we made some trades that were very favorable to me and not for them. Right. There was there was some miss. Basically, I got lucky and my opponent made misplays, which you, you really can't bank on happening if we're really. No, honest. but no, you can't. I, I got no. lucky and I won. But realistically, I should not have won that game. So I don't count that as a win. I, I really don't. Right. So we've been talking about this, this card a little bit, and it's actually a card. Um that I have brought up on, I've brought up on Twitter before, because um, I was very excited when I saw it. Um, it's actually the first proxy that I made, and that is "Let It Go." Yep, let it go. So let it go. Yeah. So um, leg l i g. Lig so so yeah. When when people have been asking, and I figure we could break this card down a little bit. People have been asking online, maybe if they just don't have the background or they read it and they're just not sure. I, they are asking, why is this card so good? Why are the early adopters of testing like really enjoying this card? And for me, you don't like, want to know. right. Don't yeah. Don't tell them it's a okay. terrible card. Unplayable. Fine. Fine. Sell, sell your let it goes for five cents. Fine. Exactly. We'll it. it is. It, it is unplayable because it has Elsa <laughs> on it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it was overplayed on the radio. You don't want it. 
I, no, I wish there was a stipulation where if you play the action, the song, you must sing it while casting. <laughs> You know, I think in a in one of those articles, like Ryan was like, <laughs> as long as they start like singing like the first bit for like, because like they quoted like one jump ahead in the article, mm-hmm. and it was like, yeah, he wants to be like walking on the floor at Gen Con and like we're singing like Let It Go and Part of Your World and all this other stuff. It's like maybe Ryan, we'll see, we'll mm-hmm. see. But so like the reason why this 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 card is good, and I'll, I'll get my thoughts, and then Sugi, I want I want to hear yours, but the We'll just go ahead and dive right into this color since we've been talking about it. Blue or sapphire, if you want to get technical about it. The even with like this limited car pull, the ramp ability this color has is absurd. Yeah. It's and so, uh, and, so and so the likelihood that you're gonna hard cast this card for, for five ink is unlikely, pretty much, because you should be able to have a five cost glimmer out. You exert it to sing it for free and being able to like, I've gotten rid of like big bodies and problem cards with this, this card repeatedly. And I've, I've pretty much won games off of it that yeah. I should, that I, I sh- should have lost. And so like, that's why this card is good. Yes. On paper, it seems expensive, but once you learn how songs work and like with blues ramp ability, this card is very good, especially at the rarity it's at. When you told me the, what the rarity was, cause I was expecting this to be like a super at no. least. And you were like, it's a rare. And I resaw it and I was like, oh my goodness, this is a rare. Best like, rare I, ever. Imagine like what, like if we get, which again, we can speculate about this later on the show, but it seems like from the, uh, the update on the website that like maybe be our guest or Kuna Matata is going to be like a super or even legendary song. Who knows? They, they they could be rare songs, but I'm curious like what these other songs are going to do. But if rare songs are as good as let it go, if we get super rare or legendary songs, my goodness. Oh yeah. 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 I do want to clarify one thing. Um, I had thought originally you could use the songs with any character at any time, uh, but in the, in the rule book, which I didn't read because I'm a Yu-Gi-Oh player, clearly Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, they sp- say Yu-Gi-Oh. They have specifically said that you cannot use a character that has summoning sickness to pay for songs. Correct, yes. So they've got to be, well, there's no way to do it because Rush doesn't count either. So they have to have been on the board mm. the prior turn in right. order to utilize the ca- the alternate casting cost. Right. So that's that's interesting to know because it's it's one of those like really teeny sentences at the end of a spot of a part that you may or may not read like myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. You got to like really like read the fine print in the rule book to catch all these little things. I, I think what makes Let It Go so incredibly powerful is it's an offensive and a defensive card that can also be turned into ink. Yes. Because the card specifically says put chosen character. Big thing a lot of people don't realize is that is way different than Dragonfire. Well, Dragonfire technically says banish your chosen character, so you can banish your own, which yes. you're never going to do. But no. let it go. You can take one of your own characters and charge them into your inkwell because why wouldn't you if you have a character that's got five health and four damage on it that may or may not have just been quested? You 
can't do anything else with them. So why give your opponent something to kill? Like I had a Moana. I quested for three. She only does one damage. If my opponent swings into her, they're going to kill her and she can't kill anything on their board. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to let it go. I'm going to put her into my inkwell. And on the next turn, uh, I think I was at like seven ink. And allowed me to play a three drop and a four drop and turn Moana into an additional mana that I didn't actually have in my hand because I needed those cards. So it's not always optimal, but you can use let it go on yourself to kind of boost your 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 resource pool, your inkwell. And nine times out of ten, you're going to just get rid of someone else's card. But the fact that you can choose to do it on yourself very very flexible in very rare situations that can i did win that game because of that play very very powerful see there you go and there's times when you're you're gonna read cards like that um where you're gonna have to look at it from the bigger picture from you know look at your decision tree and be like oh just like Siggy said is it better to get rid of one of my own glimmers to further my strategy in the following turn yeah, let it go can be removal against your opponent, but it can be ramp for yourself. Absolutely, it's an, yes. It's an expensive card. Like, don't get me wrong. Five to ramp for one is not great, but in scenarios where, you know, you could turn your card into mana instead of sending it to your discard pile, which sets you up for a nice play in a subsequent turn. It's it's a hard choice to make, but the fact that you have the option makes it really really good like the big point i'm trying to make with let it go is it's it's flexibility is incredible you can turn it into ink you can use it to get rid of a threat you can use it to ramp yourself mana you can even do all of those things by tapping down a character and not paying the mana like hard casting it so i i don't see any cards in the set right now that are that flexible and I think that's why Let It Go, unless they do something else that's just as incredible, Let It Go is probably going to be a format staple in the first set. I'm willing to make that hot take. I 100% agree with you. I The second that, um, I forget which one it was in, but the second the article came out that previewed this card, our team chat was, we were already talking about this card and like ways to try to abuse it. So yeah, you will absolutely see this card in a lot of podcasts and a lot of YouTube videos and a lot of articles. Uh, anytime you're playing blue, if this isn't in your deck, I genuinely think it's a disservice to the deck. So um, yeah, so let's talk about what have been some of your favorite inks and or ink combinations. All right, so this is a this is a fun conversation. This is kind of the uh, the meat and potatoes of why we came to sit down. There's been a lot of questions about the identity of the inks. What do they do? What is the identity? How do they play? And unfortunately, there is no answer for that because currently, I think. I think blue has the most cards revealed right now, and it's like 11 or 12 at the time of this recording. I, I believe so. I think it's blue and yellow. Yeah, yellow is like 11. So if we're being really honest here, 12 cards out of 220 is not enough. <laughs> it's really not enough not to really. identify. Not, not really, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I can definitely say the cards that they've shown off, in my in my opinion, are way more of the, like, cool characters that we've seen like i think let it go is a great example i know we keep going back to this card and i love it with all my heart but if you think about one of the most popular movies that have come out in the last decade it's frozen and guess what we've seen we've seen olaf and we've seen elsa and we just saw Kristoff, and now we see let it go as a song like one of the most sung songs in like that era of movies are these all like super powerful and color identifying no 
but they're cool. And this is what kids identify with. We're seeing Mickey Mouse, which is popular with everybody. We're seeing Scar and Aladdin and Jazz, or not Jasmine, but Captain Hook and Robin Hood and Stitch. So most of these cards I feel like are being shown off for the Disney IP factor, not the trading card game, how to play and crack this game wide open factor. So in my opinion, based off the cards we've seen, we aren't really going to be able to find a legitimately firm identity grasping deck, but we're just going to be able to have fun with Mickey Mouse and Hey Hey fighting against Simba and Maleficent and, you know, Pascal rooting in the back. Like, it's just kind of goofy and fun. I think I think it's the, the, the keyword. A lot of these cards are just fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, again, like we keep reiterating, this is a limited card pull. But, you know, if if you are asking the, you know, you, the viewer or, or listener are asking this question, you know, well, what what inks do do you like? For me, I've had a lot of fun. So if you've listened to the show before, everyone um, on this team knows that I I like colors like red. I, I am very much like a aggro to mid-range player. Um, so I initially tried red out again with red having the least amount of cards. Um, it, it's rough. It's very rough. Um, I know a, a like card two of that, them are unplayable right now. And yes, they are very much so. Um, uh, referencing Maleficent at nine costs and Mickey BLT at eight. Yes. You just you, the game doesn't get to nine turns. It, it just doesn't. And if, if it does, you're like we talked about at the beginning of this, you are essentially going to have nothing in your hand and tapping nine for that dragon feels so bad especially if your opponent removes it let it it's, go it let is it a, go. exactly it is a giant <laughs> and honestly like as much as much as i like dragon's uh, fire like as a card it's it's so expensive it is such a feels bad like tapping five to banish something it, it is to me like it's such a feels bad and I, I don't know if that's just me from my personal experience playing the the card but it just like yes like it can like further your you know strategy or help you out or whatever but it's just tapping five for that and now with with mickey if you manage to get one on board you better win like you you, you better get those those pips and and win because i don't think your opponent's gonna let you like have them for a turn much longer so no no they better not yeah but and um i found a, a fun combination that i've been enjoying is actually um steel and amethyst what is that gray purple gray purple oh and i was actually gonna say that's been a fun deck to pilot it's been which, it, which build do you do so i lean into um the four copies of the one drop hook um maybe baby hook yeah okay yeah, I, I lean into to baby hook um i lean into maleficent biding her time the one drop the one drop that card is that card unfair. is okay guys if you, if you don't understand she's a one that has two pips you do not care if your opponent gets rid of it after you've started questing with her it's two pips who cares well, so so here's my question do you run the uh three drop three three bodyguard jerkules Yes, I do. Oh, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was yeah. getting there. And the, the, the reason why I said like, who cares is because you've got Hercules and bodyguard is such a good keyword. And I've, I've been re-listening to our, our past shows. I've been kind of setting up a studio here. Called it, at, called it at my house. And I was about to say it. Sugi called this like three or four months ago that we were going to get some kind of bodyguard character. 
And we sure did. And Steel has been a lot of fun. You you mentioned the, the card earlier, but Fire the Cannons has been such a fun card to play with. And yep. if, if you guys haven't, try out the four drop um captain hook the captain of the jolly roger because he enables you to pick that card back up when you play him yeah i've done something stupid where i had six six mana online i play fire the cannons burn someone's character kill it or, i'm sorry banish it then i play uh pop a hook for four yep. then i get the cannons back into my hand yep. then i play it a second time and blow up another character with two health and they're just like what i was like yeah it's a two card combo that really turned into a three card combo you're down two bodies i'm up one body it's so good sorry dog it's so good and, <laughs> oh, and, oh, oh and i haven't even i haven't even attacked i haven't quested you I haven't just, done nothing i haven't done you nothing haven't done nothing you just, I just clear, i just just play clear, clear, clear the board yeah just clear that board um so it, it was their, their their face was like that is not fair i was like you are correct that, you is, are not correct. A fair, that is not a fair combo but it's yes. hilarious I've also found um, with the baby hook, as we're so lovingly calling him, that challenger has been really, really good so far. Big, big secret tech that I've learned and also had used against me. Baby hook is the absolute counter to Cheshire Kitty. You you swing that hook into that three drop, that three drop and you kill it and you lose a one drop. They lose a three drop. That is absolutely the best way to counter Kitty that is so good right now that is However, so good this is the 60 card meta so you know this is going to change and again you know, yes yeah. i guess take, take, take it with a grain of salt but yeah however cheshire cat will see play so if you're like how oh do I beat, yes how do i yes. beat kitty like my this is probably my favorite card in the entire game is kitty cat how do i he's beat so kitty? good yeah. yeah he's he's stupid so for those who don't know he's a three cost green card emerald zero attack three defense two pips that's that's not even the coolest part special ability called lose something when this character that when this character when this kitty is challenged and banished banish the challenging character so nine times out of ten early game most characters have one or two attack and so nobody really wants to swing two characters in the cheshire they really no, don't not at all uh, people really don't want to swing someone with three attack in the cheshire they they would no. be getting such a terrible trade. So after playing a lot and trying to find a legitimate counter, because I didn't think he was broken, but I did think he was slightly over the curve. So we we're trying to figure out yeah. what the He's counter is. Baby hook is absolutely the best way to shut him out because you're paying three for the kitty. They're paying one for the hook. You quest. He swings in and kills him and you stop generating an obscene amount of lore for three. Absolutely, yeah. So if you're, if you're playing, if you're testing, you're like, I don't know how to stop this cat, just play Steel, play Baby Hook, and just boink-a-doink him with your, your hook and your sword. So have you found in testing, because um, I'm... Again, we've we've you know tried out like all the combinations from our, our limited card pool. So mm-hmm. have you found any fun combos with uh, Just In Time? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so for our 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 listeners who who don't know just in time it's uh in yellow it costs three and it says you may play a character with five costs or less for free so there's a deck that is so good so stupid broken so there's there's a deck out there called the uh, mulana deck it's red yellow you're trying to get moana and mulan on deck as fast as you can i have played plenty of games with 60 cards where i have one mulan one moana and two just in times so on turn three I plop down whichever is better for the board state. Generally, it's Moana because she's got 
six defense, which is absurd. And then on turn four, I plop down a Mulan. And then on turn five, if I have another one of those two, I'll drop down another one. And then I have a really nasty board state. And I'm sorry, you you probably hate me because, you know, on turn four, I'm questing with Moana for three. Turn five, I'll quest, I'll attack with Mulan, hopefully kill something, quest with Moana for plus one off of the Mulan trigger, yep. untap Mulan, and then attack with her. It's just, it's just a really funky combo. And then if you have two moanas they're both princesses yes you can you can tap untap retap you can do all kinds of really really yeah. gnarly things mulan, also, is, mulan, mulan can, is so good i love yeah, mulan so a really really just in time can be nasty however i like just in time in blue because i can get my aurora ward down and she is obscenely unfair with the removal packages that are in this game because either they have to kill her right now or you play the second Aurora and all the removal spells are offline, which is huge. I actually won a game where my opponent was sitting on three dragon fires because I had the double Aurora lock. Couldn't play a single card in their hand and they lost. You Exactly. And you you and I, when she initially got, got spoiled, you and I talked about this exact situation on, on the, that episode of the show. And we, we brought this situation up. Because we both saw like what was going to happen, and yeah. it's 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 completely absurd. Now, so, something that the the yellow decks do have that I I have been enjoying are the uh, healing spells with uh, healing glow and uh, dingle hopper. Have you, <laughs> have, have you found that to be beneficial for you in your testing? So I'm I'm an interesting player. I if I'm building a deck and I'm attacking you, you're going to die. I'm not letting you have any additional health. So my play style makes Healing Glow and Dinglehopper totally useless. The only time my opponent actually gets to use them is when they're swinging in and not dying. So it it my play style somewhat invalidates that offensive ability to heal and force them to use it defensively. I'm I'm a big fan of Dinglehopper if you can get it out early. I'm not a big fan of Healing Glow. I've seen it used before, and then either the opponent swings into me to kill one of my characters, and then they die. I'm like... Why did you play Healing Glow? And they're like, I don't actually know. Or I've seen people play. I've mostly I've seen people play Healing Glow on the wrong target, where right, they'll yeah. they'll have like a Moana with one health, and it's like I'll heal the Moana to three, so she's got three health. Okay, cool. I tackle my Jumba and kill her. Oh, what? Huh? Why did I do that? I don't actually. I have no idea why you did that. I feel like you might have misplayed there, and they're like, could attack her with baby hook too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I think maybe as more people have experience, they'll find better plays. Um, because je- for some reason I've noticed generally there's not now again this is probably a sixty card meta thing. Uh, there's not much damage sitting on the board at a given time. Usually everyone's healthy except like one character, right? Yeah. And usually that one character is so damaged that one heal. Healing glow doesn't really matter. Even I've even seen people do a healing glow and a dingle hopper to heal uh, three damage. And it's like, okay, either I kill them with combat or right. I hit them with a removal spell. And they're like, and then why you did wasted, I do that? Yeah, exactly. And then you then you wasted it. So, so I, I think those cards will get better when there's more things with bigger butts. Uh, because most things on average have like three to four health. Most things attacking have like three to four attack. So right, there's yeah. there's not Moana is like the only card right now that can actually withstand a, a legitimate beating because like things with two, three, four toughness 
they just die so fast. They do. I'm interested yeah. to see. I think Simba will see play. He's a little expensive at seven. He's he's very expensive right uh, now. Yeah. But if, as the thing is, I'm noticing like you have these weird thresholds of health that are really, really obscene at certain points in the game. So like three, I know it's called willpower, but I'm just going to call it strength toughness for those listening. Please don't hate me. Three toughness between turns one and four is really hard to kill. Once you get past turn four, they, they drop pretty quick. Uh, however, Things with toughness five are really hard to kill between turns three and six. And then Moana with six toughness is unless you have hard removal, you generally have to commit two to three, three middle attack characters or two heavy beaters to take her down. So six defense is very good. Uh, I will also admit Maurice having seven, very hard to kill. And if you have coconuts online, he is practically unkillable because coconuts allows you to heal two damage every time you play a character so i've actually worked on a blue and purple deck with broom loops mickey and so i'll have coconuts online i'll swing my brooms into someone brooms dies then i recast it i get a body for one and i heal two damage off of something that's a little tanky like maurice and uh, he just doesn't go. And then, you, and then you quest him for two and people are like, do I swing into him? Because if I swing into him, then the, the brooms will swing into me. Maurice deals two. The brooms deal two. So that kills a pretty good majority of everything on the average right now. And then you don't kill Maurice. The brooms come back and then I heal again. It's just like, I don't like this trade. Oh, I, I love that you went there because I was literally about to ask about the Maurice Bell, like item combo strategy. And then the, I know one that again, when the Mickey, the starter Mickey got revealed that I know I was super excited about in our, our group chat was the Spam dot deck. So yep. I'm, yep. I'm glad that you t- touched on, on both of those. So I have to ask before we, we wrap up, how are you liking playing Yzma? I know we don't have this. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I know we don't have this year's model called Kronk yet, but how do, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta ask. Yeez. I know, I know you were so excited. <laughs> when you saw her so so yzma is a crap card i'm just going to be openly honest yzma is terrible by herself yzma behind a bodyguard hercules is obscenely unfair i love that hercules so much he's so i love good. that her- my i'm i'm betting a lot of money that kronk is probably going to be a big dumb hunk of meat that's got bodyguard he's probably going to be like yes. a zero I, my guess he's going to be like a three drop or a four drop he's going to be like zero five bodyguard like that's it he doesn't I can do see that damage. i can see that yeah you think he's he'll a, be in? He'll be in purple. I actually don't know because when I saw Cusco, he's in yellow, isn't he's he? He's in yellow. Yeah, yeah. I, I could actually see Kronk in yellow. I also, funny enough, I could see Kronk in green. Oh yes, that that's a that's a very interesting take. That's an interesting I, idea. I, yeah, I don't know. So uh, yes, I've been playing as much Isma as I can. So her ability is whenever this character quests, look at the top card of your deck, put it on either the top or bottom of your deck. So she's basically Scry from Magic: The Gathering. Yes, look at the top card of your deck. You can either put it back if you like it or put it to the bottom if you don't like it. Gives you a lot of what's called filtering. You can filter through your deck. You don't draw anything, but you know it's coming. So if you do have a draw ability, you could draw into it. If you see a card that you don't want, you can just get rid of it and hopefully draw something else. She's a two cost for two, or sorry, she has uh, two health, two attack, one lore pip, two two mana to cast, and she can be turned into an ink. So by herself, I always want to quest with her and everyone always kills her because they hate me and they know I love Yzma. But if you hide her behind a bodyguard character, I've had 
generally she gets me two to three quest activations before hurt goes down. And at that point, I've pretty consistently been able to filter through to something I want. So again, on her own, very bad, but with a little bit of support. Oh, she's so, so good. She's very good. Really, yeah. really good. Uh, yeah. But you're really not using her for questing and you, you really don't use her for attacking. You're using her for that ability specifically. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So yeah. Um, what about you? What's what's been one of your favorite cards? Because you know, when I saw Yzma, it's like it's Galk Kronk. pull the lever. So obviously, I mentioned this earlier. Um, red has been a color, just based off my general playstyle in other games that I've been really looking forward to. So when I saw my boy Aladdin, oh, I was yeah, I was yeah. so I was so excited for him. And unfortunately, because green and red have the least amount in the card pool right now, I do believe. Um, if that statement is correct, or they're battling it out with steel, the, those three colors are in the bottom. Shocking. Um, it it for, for for now for now, but um, I, I found if I'm able to, so the only way to play him as of right now is to shift with the green two drop ward Prince Ali. Um, yeah. So I mean, obviously he's got ward, so cool. But I, I found that Aladdin has been pretty cool once I've been able once I get him out. I, I do I do like like his his vanishing effect and gaining two lore and then taking two lore from each opposing player. And I think in multiplayer, that could be game ending. Yeah, the, so his effect says during your turn, whenever this Aladdin banishes another character in a challenge, you gain two, each opponent loses two. So if you're playing yes, against three yes. other people, that is an eight-point swing. You go plus two, they each go negative two, and that's yes. negative six across the board. Like Correct, yes. In a 1v1, he's great. In a multiplayer, he is, like, this card is going to draw ire very quickly. Very, like, you're going to get removal. You're going to get just, people might jump you. So, you know. They uh, might, they might, yeah. Bring, yeah. bring your brass knuckles to multiplayer night, kids, because you don't want to <sighs> get, you know, all right, Gen Con brass knuckles. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we'll just tell them they're 3D printed for uh, 3D printed cosplay. Yeah, right. Oh, yes, yes. They are Co- cosplay. Cosplay. They are cosplay. Right. Yeah. For Lord, yeah, for Lorcana multiplayer. Oh, wait, right. Wait. Yes. But um, <laughs> sure. Um, I'll give I'll, I'll I'll give another card that got revealed in one of the how to play videos that um, is in blue that I've been enjoying a lot too, and that is develop your brain. That card's broken. This card uh. is so good. So it, for the listeners, if you don't know what it does, it costs one, which you can turn it into ink. Uh, it's an action card. You look at the top two cards of your deck. You put one into your hand and the other on the bottom. It, it's not broken. So this is what's called a cantrip in Magic: The Gathering. You don't actually net a card so normally when you when you look at this card a lot of people are like oh i drew a card well no. you, you technically replaced a card because you played right restore or whatever your brain and then you replaced it with a card off of the top of the deck so right. it's a it's a, a net zero in card economy yeah so you're you're essentially looking at two cards again it's a it's a form of like pseudo scrying you look at two cards and you pick which one is the best option keep it which one's the worst option get rid of it put it at the bottom of your deck however on turn one, this is a really great way to accelerate your hand to find bigger threats, bigger plays, um, just whatever you're looking for. Um, it's also a really great card mid-game if you're struggling to find something on curve. Yes. And on curve basically means if it's turn one, you play a one drop. On turn two, you play a two drop. On turn three, you play a three drop. So you're trying not to miss a turn playing a card. If your deck obviously doesn't have a four drop, 
and you're on turn four, then, you know, maybe you play a three drop and a one drop or two, something. But the idea is every single turn, you're trying to stay on curve with the turn and play a card. So say, for example, it's turn four and all of your cards cost five. You could use this card to look at the top two cards of your deck and go, oh, hey, look, here's a three cost Mickey Mouse. I can play him on turn four and keep the pace of bodies and lore and questing going instead of missing a turn and doing nothing, which generally you don't want to do early game. Late game, you don't always have to play something, but early game, you want to try and set up turns one, two and three with bodies as as frequently as you possibly can you just want something there you don't want to have an empty board state absolutely yep um so i guess because i've seen a lot of uh, conversation around this too and we've kind of been dancing around it a little bit what's been your experience with the shift mechanic with stitch or hades or aladdin or what's your <sighs> okay. what's your your take on stitch so um yeah. I, I guess so yeah go 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 ahead and then i'll go we don't know the rules about shift we're just i'm just going to put that out there right now we we need a comprehensive rule guide to officially know how the game functions with shift so i i don't know all the answers to this question but i'll address the ones that i've seen to the best of my ability so the, the big one i see is uh, if i shift a character so basically you have baby stitch the one drop and then you have rockstar stitch the six drop so papa stitch quote unquote so if you shift papa stitch onto baby stitch can i attack can i quest can i challenge what can i do we don't know however i am basing my testing off of Magic the Gathering and other games that have Mutate or in Pokemon Evolution. So mm. when you put a Pokemon, say you evolve Pikachu into Raichu, you don't have to wait a turn to do something. You can do whatever you want immediately with that Raichu. In Magic the Gathering, if you have a, a card that evolves into a new thing where you put the new thing on top, the new card can also attack. It doesn't have summoning sickness as long as the previous card didn't have summoning sickness. So the way we're playing right now is if you shift Rockstar Stitch and the previous Stitch, Baby Stitch, did not have summoning sickness, the new card should not either. If you play Baby Stitch for one and then you immediately shift it for four, so essentially you're cheating the card out for one less mana on the same turn. Yes. I do not believe that she would be able to do anything because the original card had summoning sickness. Therefore, the new card should also have summoning sickness. So that's how we're testing. So far, it's been working pretty well. It. My argument is if you play Baby Stitch on turn one or turn three, because it's a four drop to shift into, and then you, sh you go to turn four, you play a mana, you shift to the, the six drop stitch, and you then had to wait another turn, I would 100% want to hard cast that six drop for six because I'm not really saving anything by getting him out a turn early unless I'm like base racing. Like I understand like mechanically it's faster and you can quest faster and you can challenge faster, but like economically wise, it just feels bad to pay five to do something I could pay six for, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, no, that, that, that completely makes sense to me. I mean, I, I agree with you. That's like you said, that's how our group is testing the shift mechanic until we hear otherwise. Um, yeah, I mean, I found, you know, I've, I found Hades to be and, and Aladdin to be like, okay. And like stitch to be the best of like the shifting situation. But maybe that's just how like, you know, like my, my, my games have gone. Um, well, I feel like Aladdin would be terrible. Cause if you shift for five and then you have to wait, your opponent could just kill him. And yeah, with exactly. Removal, exactly. Yeah. My, my, my thought is Aladdin's a very, very crafty character. So you just sit on the green Aladdin for a couple turns. 
then you shift him in and immediately challenge and you get too lower. It's like that that's very Aladdin-y. Like I could see him doing right, that yeah, automatically. Yeah, yeah. So if it's like you shift in, it's like, hey guys, here's this big threat. I'm just gonna sit here and look at you for a turn. Yeah, he ain't he ain't sitting on that board for a whole rotation, my he man. Is like, not, he is not, no. He is toast. He is not. He is um not. second question I've seen a lot of people ask if you shift up, does it heal the damage? I would Again, say I'm, no. I would, I'm playing I would, with Pokemon rules. I don't think exactly, so. Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, um, like, yep. I admit we could be wrong. This this one is very 50-50. I could see Lorcana saying you do. My gut instinct says you do not. If you shift from a 2-3 to a 5-5 five, five, and there was two damage on the original card, pretty sure the damage stays. Correct. Yeah. I mean, that's Just my thought. Yeah, like you said, that's that's how our our team has been testing shift, and I mean, I don't think we've had any real issues with it. I think it's you know been pretty pretty fair. So, um, what other have you seen any? I, I know there's a a bunch of shift questions, but none of them have been like super popular. Usually, it's just like mechanical. Oh, oh, here's a good one. Here's one I'll, I'll challenge you with. This one's an interesting question. Uh, I think rules is written. We can parse and answer but i don't think rules as intended this was supposed to work so uh lanterns you know what lanterns does right yes okay for those who are listening lanterns is a two drop item that says you can tap this and the next card you play is reduced by one mana uh so something to, that caught to, me off guard just to, just to correct you it says next character oh next character that's right next that's yeah. next character yeah. uh so cool uh, shift specifically says you can pay five for this aladdin to play this on top of one of your characters named aladdin does oh, lanterns make shifting I, I know where you're going with this. reduced by you. one? Okay, it, a legitimately good question. I think rules is written. It does. They might have to amend that because I don't think. I think their intent was if you play a card from your hand onto the board, you get the reduction. Not if you shift a card onto another card, you get the reduction. I could be wrong. I openly admit this could absolutely be a purposeful interaction. We have been testing it where lanterns does reduce the shift cost because it specifically says playing this card on top of another character but what do you think jason so yeah with if you go by the word by word i guess definition of shifting you are playing the aladdin in our example on top of the two drop ward aladdin so therefore as written (laughs) the lantern strategy as Suki said how our team has been testing testing it would work however i think this is and oopsie, oopsie. Uh, yeah yeah i think I, th- I think this is a a unintentional interaction and this is going to happen in card games this happens all all the time i don't think this was intended to work this way but given that you can stack like abilities maybe so we've we've seen them do an errata already with dragon fire so it's possible that's that's true we have yeah we we, we could see an errata with either how the shift mechanic is worded I, i'm assuming they're gonna errata shift not lanterns or they could just announce oh yeah this is actually in exactly what we intended and that makes shift in yellow really good Yes, it does. But, because but then yeah. you could you could shift out uh, Rockstar Stitch really really fast, right? Because that would make him shift three instead turn of turn three. Yeah, you could shift four. him on turn three. Yeah, which is very good then. Yeah, so turn yeah. one baby Stitch, turn two lantern, turn three shift and burn. Right, exert for a three it and then five. Shift. Yeah. yeah, three five on turn three, and that boy's got three pips on him. So yup, plus a uh, mini draw engine too. Yep. Yes, sir. Hey, everybody, this is Future Sugi jumping in to the edits of the show. Just to let everybody know, after we've played 
probably a good 20 to 30 games using lanterns to discount shift. We just kind of agreed it doesn't feel quite right. And so now in our current testing, we've decided that lanterns does not discount shift. You have to pay the cost that is printed on the card. And we've noticed that things feel like it's the right pace. Cards are coming out the right time. And it's probably the intended method for the interaction between lanterns and shift. Again, we don't actually know what the official ruling is. We will have to wait and see. Possibly we'll get some more information from Gamma or the French Gala event coming up. Up soon but at this point for our personal testing we've noticed that the uh, the discount was a little bit too good so we'll just have to wait and see but if you're testing amongst your friends there's two very viable options and uh, you know let us know in the comments uh, what you think and uh, if one works better than the other for you and your play group all right so let's get back into the show and see what else uh, myself and jason are going to be talking about which also goes really well with broomsticks. Waha! It's it's. I, I love the, the the broom strategy. I want them in every color, so I can just amass a broom army. Yeah, I've I've already I'm calling the deck broom loops because basically you just keep looping the brooms with infinite resource efficiency. You pay two, tap it to draw a card, or you pay. Well, actually, if you have Mickey on the board, you pay one, tap it to draw a card, or you pay one, and then so, the next turn swing in and attack. Then it dies, and you bring it back to life. Then you tap and draw a card off a of stitch. Like you can just do whatever you want. So gross. So then to go off our uh, lanterns conversation, another fun thing is Mickey and lanterns means broom is free. Yep. Oh yeah. Broom spam all day. Yep. 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 The broom loops just loop do doop do 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 do. Um, I I know there's more uh, questions about shift. We're not gonna address because I don't remember them, and most of them are so. They're so unique. There's no way to answer them without the developer's actual response. Like there's there's legitimately good questions about shift that there's no possible way we could ever know. It's just so shift is a really cool mechanic, but without a official rule book on all of the interactions and intricacies of the keyword, it's a. Uh, it's kind of daunting to try and figure out all the interactions in in their officialness. <laughs> exactly, we're we're doing the, the the best we can as a team to read everything and break it down to how yeah. and play it as intent as written. Last last question, the fun question: uh, least favorite card so far that you've played with? I said it before, and I'll say it again: the Magic Mirror is so bad. Ironically, I, I, yeah, that's my fourth favorite. Mirror, least mirror on the wall. You can stay there for all time. <laughs> Actually, I won't lie. I, I dislike Beast's Mirror as well. Both the Beast, mirror cards. Beast, Beast Mirror is very bad. <laughs> I'm very much not a fan of the mirror cards. I'm sorry, y'all. They're just they're so slow. <laughs> yeah, I, I, even if you use the whole like Bell Maurice combo and reduce the the put in play costs to for for the mirror i'm not gonna pay four energy to draw a card i'm i'm, I'm never gonna do it no yeah no so not really that card will just sit in my my uh stack of commons when i get them so one last question and then we're really 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 gonna go all right uh, bring it on card that surprised you the most like didn't expect it and you're like oh wow this is actually a kind of a really good card all right, so I thought this question might be coming. Uh -oh. um, so Sneaky. I, I, I kind of, yeah, I, I, I kind of got a toss up here. I'm, I'm going to cheat and say two. Gosh. So I'm, it, yeah, I'll put a 60 card, uh, card, card pool, but yeah. So I'm going to go first with the main man, Goof. Yes, I agree. He was very surprising. Goofy is evasive, is a 
very, I think, interesting and important keyword right now. <laughs> so I'll, I'll go with the main man goof. And then again, we talked about uh, replacement effects before, but for steel, um, I like the tiny tactician Tinkerbell. I hate that card, but that's okay. I mean, I, I I just like it because of the lack of draw and tutoring we have right now. So fair enough, fair enough. That's 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 kind of the main reason. So, and I'm I'm a big Peter Pan fan. So being to able to play with Baby Huck and fire the cannons and all that fun stuff. That's fair. I respect. So that. let's uh, ask you that same question, Olaf. Dude, I can't believe o- I'm saying Olaf. this. You have been right about Olaf this whole time. I I knew he was good. So so here's what's interesting about Olaf. Uh, He's a one drop. So if you're going first, you play Olaf. Turn two, you quest with him. Your opponent cannot kill him because they only have one mana on board. The best one mana cards only have two attack. Like we'll say like Flounder. He's a two, two for one. Stitch is a two, two for one. They're all, you know, two, two for one. Yep. Uh, If they attack into you, Olaf is still fine. Then you quest with him a second time. Now, now your opponent has a problem because they're going to play their second character. That 2-2 two, two is now vulnerable because Olaf does one damage. And if they swing into Olaf, they die. You're up two lore. They're down zero lore and no bodies on board. So Olaf, most, yes. most people don't just don't do anything with Olaf because they're like, he's a 1-3. What's he going to do? So very, very consistently, I've gotten four lore out of him before he dies. Olaf is going to do a lot. He likes one, more than he likes more than warm hugs. Yeah, one mana for on average two to four lore is kind of silly turn one. And if you have to, you could turn him into ink late game. But mm-hmm. early game, he's been a very consistently powerful one drop quester because two twos have to trade with him and. No one is going to swing like a LeFou into Olaf. No one's going to swing a baby Maleficent, a one, one like Olaf just doesn't trade with anything until like turn three when you actually have like a three, four on the board. Absolutely. At that that point, you've already gotten three lore and then you just you just quest him again. And it's like, oh, cool. I'm at three or four lore. Kill me with your Mickey Mouse. Yeah, it it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. You've already gotten that inherent value out of him by the time your opponent gets rid of him. If you get him late game, not super impressive, but like turn one early game. Oh, my gosh. Such a surprise performer in purple. Like, good Lord. Very good. Very, very good card. And and yet again, the best counter for him, baby hook, baby hook. I hate baby hook into Olaf. It this hurts card, my soul. This like steel. Again, we like the, the four of us on this show have been talking about like steel is like that mystery ink. What's it going to do? I think it's a very it's good, ruin your it, day. it's a very good support color. It's a really good challenge aggro color. Yes, yes. Because it turns off a lot of weird interactions. It kills Olaf, which crud. Uh, and, oh, also, Baby Hook survives because Olaf only does one damage. Like, that, that's why I say he's a very good yeah. like counter to uh, him. It uh. kills Kitty Cat. Now, you do lose the hook, but who cares? I traded a one drop for a three drop. Take my money. Exactly. Um, it uh, Believe it or not, like he trades really well into the four drop Red Scar. That's a five three. That's he a does. really nasty. He does. Yeah. Uh, he trades into Detective Mickey Mouse super well. The one three blue that. I mean, ramps. but I think I think that's fine because you've you've already got the benefit off the Mickey once you ramp with them. 
Yeah. Well, Mickey, Mickey uh, mid-game is kind of good at questing because he's got enough defense. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, Baby Hook is a great answer to Bodyguard Herc, a hilariously good counter. Oh, to his that's own a good color. idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, who else? Who did I swing Baby Hook into that won me a game? Oh, I swung uh, two Baby Hooks into a Moana. That won me a game. That was a great trade. Two one drops oh. for a five drop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, baby Hook is the MVP out here. He well, well, he he has really bad matchups. So, like the thing is, baby Hook is like the true counter quote unquote card because you slap it down on the field and sit on him. You just don't do anything, and your opponent right. has to sweat because if they tap a card for whatever, they exert it to draw a card, they exert it to quest, they exert it to challenge. You get this really gnarly three two swinging right in your face. And trading way upwards past where he really should be. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Once you you cast him, you literally say, "I dare you to go quest or challenge." Yeah. Go. Go tap your cards. Go exert. Have Do fun. It. I'm gonna beat the crap Do out it. of you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. You got that uh, that three drop Kristoff with two pips. Yeah. Go. Go questing. See what happens. Uh, rock. 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 But yeah, Olaf, hilariously, very surprise character. Big, big winner. Super good. So uh, yeah, that that was the end of the show. We intended to talk for 30 minutes. Obviously, we can't do that because, you know, that's just how we go. But uh, it's really exciting. We finally have rules. We finally have cards. We're able to test amongst ourselves. We're able to finally see interactions, combo plays. I mean, I think the coolest thing as we wrap up is... There's only 60 cards. There are at least 10 to 15 decks we can play. I know for a fact, Jason, your experience has been different from mine. We've both been playing an insane amount. And yet here we are talking for an hour and we still can't shut up about all the cool stuff we've seen with 60, 60, 60 cards out of 220. I cannot wait to see what the rest of the, the set looks like. Chat, be, be grateful we don't have the uh, full lineup because if... Sugi will let me. I would talk to you about every card individually, and he knows I would. This would be like oh, a four. I would do it too. Uh, this would be a four-hour show. So no, it'd be it'd be longer than that. We would we would have so Sugi, much. Of this Sugi, place. we got to tell them it's four hours. So when they click on an eight-hour show, they're not surprised. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> So any any last thoughts before we uh, wrap this up and get on out of here? Yeah, again, I've I've been enjoying playing the game. Obviously, um, you know, I, I want to talk about other stuff, but we we ran out of time, so I'll save it for the the next time, and then you know, hopefully next time we'll have the entire team here, and we can get Bates and Scuff on this discussion, and we can talk about how you know everything that we've come up with as a team yeah I, I absolutely want to make sure we do this again just putting out a disclaimer uh, we don't know anything at all we've got quick start rules and 60 cards there's more cards coming there's a comprehensive rules list coming so as of this recording we uh what is it the 15th of april we're just kind of here to talk about the fun we're having we're still speculating a little bit about what may or may not work because we, we we really don't know how shift works we don't know how certain interactions work but the premise of this episode is to really talk about what we've enjoyed and I think from Jason's heart and my heart, Lorcana is fun. It may or may not be the game for you, but just give it a try because regardless of how deep and competitive you may or may not want to be, it's just kind of fun booping a Goofy into a Moana, using a dragon fire on a Mickey Mouse, using Lady Tremaine to bring back a dragon fire and then use Garlic Breath on Tigger, and then you slap down your Tinkerbell to draw a card and then Captain Hook swings in the Tinkerbell. Like, it sounds goofy because it is goofy. It's a fun game. <laughs> 
Exactly. And I, I didn't even talk about Lady Tremaine, but yes, it is it is a, a very fun game to play. And obviously we've we've been these these, these two goopballs have been having a lot of fun playing it. <laughs> I, I think in real life, there's just going to be a ton of smiles outside of competitive events because it is it really encapsulates that Disney magic of, you know, you're tapping Yzma and, you know, quoting the movie while looking at your top card going, wrong lover. Oh, God, it's a Gantu. I don't want a Gantu. This card sucks. It's turn two, guys, or turn three, I guess, is you activate her. So you put them yeah. at the bottom of your deck. Right. And then if she survives, you do it again. You're like, Mickey, well, I don't need a Mickey. I need like something. For God's sake, give me a card deck. <laughs> it's just fine. <laughs> Oh man, I love this game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think uh, I think Lorcana is a is a solid investment for people who are willing to give it their time, their effort, and their money. So definitely talk to your local game store, see how they're doing. I know no one has any idea about allocation. Nobody knows any idea about anything realistically. But at least plant the seed, talk to your FLGS, see what they can do to get the ball rolling. Because uh, I really do think this is going to be a really fun game. And we haven't even talked about multiplayer yet, so we'll, we'll get to that one day. But thank you, everyone, for joining us. This has been the Lorcana cast. Make sure to like and subscribe. You can check us out on social media, on Twitter and Facebook at Lorcanacast. And I definitely want to give a huge shout out. We have been partnered with LorcanaHQ.com since the very beginning. And that is actually a big place where you can meet people, play games, talk about deck lists. It is exploding out of control. And if you haven't joined, you absolutely need to because it's one of the coolest places in the entire galaxy to meet people and just have fun with this amazing community. So again, LorcanaHQ.com. There's links to our show. There's links to the Discord. There's articles on the game. All kinds of cool content is coming out. So we'll see everybody next time. Remember, Ohana means family, a.k.a. nobody gets forgotten. Nobody gets left behind. We will see everyone next time. Peace. Bye.